Welcome to Here to Thrive. I'm your host, Kate Snowwise. This is a podcast for people who are ready to step up and live a happier life. It's for those of us who are dedicated to understanding ourselves and getting the best that we can out of this thing called life. It's a mix of psychology and modern spiritual thought, always with a focus on practical advice so that you can take it back and apply it to your own life. I don't believe we're here to merely survive. I truly believe we're here to thrive. So let's get going. This episode was fun. I had the joy of talking with Lisa Veit. She is the woman behind the modern Magdalene. She's a spiritual counselor, regression therapist, and speaker based in California. Lisa stood out to me as she's a practitioner in an area that has always piqued my interest, and that is past life regression. I don't know if I've mentioned it in other episodes, but my dad had an out-of-body experience or near-death experience when he was in his 20s. Now, if any of you ever had the pleasure of knowing my father, you would know he was a very old-school, stoic farmer type. So the fact that he was willing to talk about this very spiritual experience always made me wonder, what if we can survive outside of our bodies and opened me up to the possibility that perhaps, if we can, there's a chance that we have incarnated in other bodies before. If this one's a bit way out for you, by all means skip this episode. I will take no offense. But it is so interesting to hear Lisa and her experience as she talks through what past life regression is all about. In terms of her training, after studying the healing arts, Lisa worked very closely with a mentor and leader in the regression space to become the skilled past life regression coach that she is today. She's also a wife, a mother, and a believer in finding the church within our own hearts. In this episode, we specifically talk about past life regression and what that even is, the healing power of past life discovery. We delve into some of Lisa's personal past lives. We talk about Mary Magdalene, her energy and who she was in history, and how the power of watching our thoughts can help us tune in to our higher selves. Sit back, relax, and let this joyful conversation warm up your ears. Lisa, thank you so much for joining me here today on the podcast. I'm really excited to talk to you about past lives and all of this amazing knowledge you have. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is going to be fun. Look, I was hoping we could just start the interview with you telling me a little bit about yourself. What has your journey on the spiritual path look like? Did you always have the spiritual connection or did it start later on in life? Just give us the full rundown on Lisa. Absolutely. Okay. Um, You know, this is such a funny question for me now because, you know, as things evolve and as you grow and and expand, you know, the the story changes. I'm sure you've noticed the story seems to change a little bit Um, or I'm sorry, the perception changes. The story (laughs) kind of stays similar. I think I came from a typical, you know, healer's background, which means that we've all had a very different conditions. We've all grown up in different families, different parts of the, of the world. But I was definitely that little sweet girl, but very sensitive. In fact, almost too sensitive for my own good. Absolutely had a spiritual connection from my absolute earliest memories was connected, but I did not know that until until later, I really felt like, you know, like most people that the things that you are really sensitive with and that you are that, you know, that you have this sort of extrasensory sort of gift actually feels like a flaw for most people when they're younger. And I, I grew up in Philadelphia. I, we were money was pretty scarce. There was a lot going on there. So I had a few really early storms, you know, a lot of, um, a couple situations, traumas that were very, a little too early for me to really be able to process. And that kind of locked a little fear in for me. And I spent my life 
very kind, very sweet, very sensitive, but really just trying to stay safe and to please people because I really couldn't process that fear yet. It was, it was, it took me a long time to start to understand who I was and and understand the process of my gifts and what they were and how to use them. What, what ended up happening for me is that in my twenties, you know, you go through life as long as you can with your defenses and with your, you know, your, your shields and trying to just get through and trying to make everybody else happy and get that external validation. And in my twenties, it sort of just went, you know, just kind of took a nosedive. Um, All of a sudden my body started to shut down. It was like one moment, you know, I was just getting sick every couple months, really sick, having to go to the doctor I ended up getting a test done and having four pages of allergies. So I became allergic to all kinds of foods and outside elements. And I started to just wear this blanket of depression. I was doing this work still on a much different scale than I am now. But I was really just chronic fatigue and hypothyroidism. And something was just starting to shut down. My body was starting to let me know there needs to be a different way. So what happened was I have my first child. I I had a miscarriage right before him, which really kind of knocked me out for a minute too. And then I had my first child and my first child, my son was actually born with something called bilateral microtia, which means both of his ears on both sides never developed in the womb. So I had a child who was born with no inside ear canals, no eardrums or no external ears, no hole even, no opening on each side of his head. So you can imagine my husband and I, wow. you know, already in it. <laughs> yes. I'm, just, I'm, I'm a little gobsmacked. I'm like, wow, you know, how do you process that? Oh my gosh. So it was interesting because when you're in that kind of a place where you're sort of in, you're sort of living in this life of like fight or flight all of the time, like everything sets you off. You're just very sensitive. You're just very you know, you're looking for that external validation. You're not, you're doubting yourself. You're not trusting yourself to keep you safe, you know, and then you have a child and you, that you have a lot to do for. And, and he started to kind of open my eyes, but at the same time, there was this sort of like interesting sort of like turn of events started happening. This is when I started training at the time I had him and started training, training for past life regression, went through to the advanced And then I had my second child and I was really just, my body again was just really, I couldn't even, I can't even believe looking back that I was able to really maintain the pregnancies because I just was really out of, out of my element. And when I had my daughter a year and a half later, I was in the emergency or I'm sorry, I was in the um, delivery room and the nurses and doctor had left the room and I was just sitting there holding my daughter, just had had her. They were leaving for a moment And all of a sudden I noticed that I was bleeding, like (sighs) blood coming out of me all over shooting. I mean, not to be disgusting, but shooting onto the wall across the room from me. And I was going, really had this moment of like tilting my head and, and kind of feeling like, I know this sounds so odd, but like, oh, did I actually have that much power to create something like this? Like was I really in this bad of a place that I kind of like just this really weird, wow. like head tilt, like, this is weird. Well, all of a sudden I, I pushed this emergency button. Thank God, because before I even know it, that I'm already losing um, consciousness, but they grabbed my daughter out of my hands, put her right next to me, all kinds of chaos. And at that point, I just, I couldn't stop. I couldn't keep them from my eyes closing. It was beautiful. I pulled out of my body. I had this dwelling and this like floating on the outside of my right shoulder over top of my right shoulder. And I watched the whole thing. And I also had this just profound moment of stillness and like lit up, but not really with light, but more like it was just complete awareness that the struggle and the sadness I was in was was all coming from my mind, my ego, my, my worthlessness, feeling worthlessness, my desire to prove myself and, you know, everything rolled up into one. And I kind of got these glimpses of all of these lifetimes and none at the same time, but, but, Mm. 
But this moment of like everything was existing at once. And I, as I dwelled there, I sort of, I had this guide. Now I, I know who he is, but sort of come in and say, you know, ask this questions because it's a man's voice that asked, do your children need you to be in your body in the physical form to be here who they came here to be? And I never answered that question. But at that time, I just zoomed really quick. It was like this zip, like a real fast zoom back into my body. Mm-hmm. And my doctor was crying. This My man, ma- really masculine doctor, he was crying on the table. And oh my gosh, everyone was a mess. And here I was like, oh my gosh, everything is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so you've had these amazing realizations while the doctors oh around God, you are panicking to save your life. Yeah, it was just this beautiful time. I was I was out of the hospital faster than a girl who normally, you know, gives birth. And I was, I, I hurried up and, you know, made my, I have a CD that's out on, um, Amazon, this meditation regression CD, I had that, I just made that immediately and got that out and got it published. And, and then over the span of the next five or six years, well, my daughter's six. Yeah. So it's been this very slow, but beautiful, gradual awakening. And in the last year, it really has been this beautiful kind of like fireworks where really just these very big pieces fell into line it was kind of this purging of the ego, this really big, this really beautiful transformation into understanding myself, doing the work on myself, getting out of that spell that we're so deeply in oh, that, right. you know, that, that spell that we are that uh, under that we're under that we can't see ourselves. We can't see how beautiful and glorious we are. Um, I hear yeah, you. I, yeah. that spell that, that most of us are under just yeah. can't see our own inherent beauty. And yeah. so it sounds like your children really woke you up and opened up your heart, Lisa. Is that fair to say? I think it's totally fair to say. I do. Yeah, and I you, do. And your daughter's six now. How old's your son? He's six now and he just turned eight. Yeah. And he, by the way, in the last year has, um, and this is kind of what started to really revive the business part of me really just come here to stand up is that over the last year we had unbelievably the most challenging and, and miraculous year of our lives. Cause Julian went through three extensive 11 hour surgeries each that we traveled extensively for. And he has now restored his hearing they have made him actually made him hearing hearing um ear canals and eardrums so they restored his hearing and then actually made these beautiful ears I'd love to send you a picture sometime oh I would love a picture that would be amazing witness our own miraculous journey and then really I pulled out and said okay you know I know my, my belief, and this is really true. This is what I've something I've known since I was young, but I was too scared to believe it because I believed everyone else (laughs) is that we truly live in a, we have the power to live in the most miraculous life. I mean, fairy tales really can exist. And I know it's often said to us constantly, you know, this isn't, life isn't just a little dream. You know, you have to do this and you've got to, you know, work like this and it doesn't happen like that and you get what you get. And it's, I don't see it that way. I really, the fairy tales don't mean that everything beautiful happens all the time. I wouldn't want it that way, but there is this gorgeous ability that we have to just move through darkness. And then also that darkness can be magical as well. Mm. There's this beauty that comes right after that, where we start to actually fall in love a little bit with that darkness, because it, it means we get to turn our head back to the light. And if we practice that every single day, you really, even in those dark moments of your light, you know, and are tuned in to that ethereal part of living that divine essence that we really are innately should be able to live in and have and own and spread to other people. And so I I really feel like that's what I want is to connect people to the divine, really, really perpetuate and build a practice that helps them live in that space whenever they want, not just when they go to a yoga class, but when they really, truly, anytime they need to connect to offer them those tools and techniques and rituals and methods and 
therapies to do that. Oh, that is beautiful. I hear you. I'm with you. I'm on the same page. (laughs) Talking about past lives, Lisa, when did you first connect with your own? Was it when you were lying on the bed with your daughter? Was that the, you sort of said you had some glimpses of lives then. that I had actually begun my training. Right. And now I am an advanced regression therapist. But during that time, I think I had had maybe just a few trainings at that point. But you were on the path already. Yeah, I was already on the path. So it's been about, yeah, it's been about eight years that I was, yeah, that I was beginning the train. So yeah, that was about when I started that. And I had, you know, it's interesting, because once I started to train, I knew that I had been having those, um, that I was had the ability to kind of weave in between realms all of my life. But you know that when you're able to do something and you just assume that everyone else is living that same way. <laughs> I do. And it's funny because that's come up in other podcast episodes when I've spoken to people. Yes. Like, I just thought it was normal. <laughs> I just thought that everyone I used to say to people, I, 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 over time, over decades, started to realize that when people were looking at me like I had three heads that that it was really because they didn't understand what I was. They weren't on the same page at all. Yes, it's always been in my dreams, always been, I've always been visited by spirits. I've always been, you know, but one of the most interesting things that happened right away in my training, when the training was just so, that introduction was so profound because people think that passive regression is such a scary thing, but the, the, cause it really is out there. You know what I mean? You're connecting to other aspects of yourself, but to be honest with you, it's actually the most, one of the most beautiful and peaceful and grounding practices, because instead of walking away from yourself and turning into the future and saying, I'm going to, you know, change myself and I'm going to be this new, you know, really spiritual girl. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to live my life like this every day and I'm going to change into this kind of a girl. Actually, I would say the changing is, is not really what we want to do. We really do want to turn around and take a look in that mirror of the other aspects of ourselves. And so there's this beautiful thing that happens with past life regression where you're re you're reuniting and with a past aspect that needs healing, that needs some attention. It needs a different perspective where your unconscious is sort of believing something very scary or it doesn't want to look at it because it believes it to look at it in a certain way. But really there's this beauty and this deep ability to heal. And you have to be in your higher self to be able to do past life regression or to be able to do any kind of inner child work where you're working with your aspects because you have to kind of kneel down and get on the level to be able to bring those aspects back home to you and not let them jump in and start to, you know, react in your life. You know, those moments where you start to react and you shut off and you turn into, you know, somebody hits this part of you that really you're very sensitive with and you start to react and you don't know how to, you know, catch yourself. And this is, those are those aspects kind of jumping in and they're asking for help. That's their fear. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So when I'm doing a session with somebody and we're working with past lives or I'm doing it on myself, there's this moment where you have to pull into your higher self to talk to that aspect of yourself, if that makes any sense. It totally makes sense to me. So you describe it as like you look at yourself with a different level of awareness. Would that be fair to say? Running from yourself and feeling embarrassed for those other times of your life or feeling shameful or feeling guilt or or feeling like a failure when you did this in your twenties or feeling like you were too promiscuous or you did too many drugs or you did that. You actually get to go back and look at these other lifetimes, these other presences that you were even, even lifetimes where you were an antagonist or you were a, you know, you, you might not have been doing really lovely things. You know what I mean? And being, being able to go into that being able to go into that, sit in front of that self, that past aspect of you and be able to look at them and say, I understand that you were not awake at this part, you know, of your life, and you wouldn't have done this if you were. And I forgive you for that. And also you, I would like to bring you home with me. So 
I call this like adding to your, the collective flame of your wholeness. It's like, we already are whole. We already are this higher self, but bringing these aspects back and reuniting them to us, it kind of adds them back into, it brings that flame back and adds to our collective fire as a soul. And so what happens in that regard is that you're becoming this brighter light, right? Mm-hmm. And you're also have these moments when you come out of past life regression, you'll have these very big, profound shifts that happen right away, where you'll notice that something will be healed so to the degree where you won't react anymore. Something happens right away. Like, let's say we're working on money. And, you know, you, we go to this past life where you may have been a slave and you're, you know, you're saying something like, I will never work for someone else again. I will never be owned by someone else. I will never do a job where somebody, you know, you're really cutting off a lot of opportunity for yourself because you will not do it again because you've had this past life. So when you get to go back and, and work with that past life presence who really needs to see that we live in a different time. Mm-hmm. And that they will never be a slave again and that you would never let that happen. What happens is that past life presence won't jump in anymore out of fear and it won't have that fight or flight reaction and jump in or that reactivity. In fact, you can hear something that used to make you react to money. But what will happen instead was that you'll feel this little piece there and you'll be able to see it and say, oh, that's interesting. I used to have such a reaction. Now I don't feel that way about money anymore. It's gone. So you get to stay in your higher self more often when you do this work because these past life presences join your team. They join your tribe rather than jumping in saying, I need attention. Rather than fighting against you. (laughs) Yeah. So does that make sense? It totally makes sense to me and why why it would be useful. So your own past lives, Lisa, uh, would you mind telling us some? I'm just fascinated in people's stories. I've had I've had so many. Um, I was going to say, it's great to talk about your life now as you as a mother and a past life. And I'm like, where did, what happened before this? I know. Well, so ironically, I've never, and we can, we'll get into the, the modern Magdalene stuff later, but I've never regressed myself to that time. That that was one of the things that I've never been ready to, to mm-hmm. really go back to. That was more of an emotional, I think, who knows uh, yep. what that would show up as. But I've had um, some really deep, deep ones where I've seen, uh, things like being burned at the stake felt Mm -hmm. like, um, you know, things where I've said things like made a vow before I died of saying I will never of being humiliated and feeling actually could feel the fire on my body and felt nothing even close to the pain of the humiliation. And I remember taking a vow and saying, saying, looking at the people watching me burn and saying, I will never expose my gifts again. So that was a beautiful one to clear, right? Wow. Because I'm sure you was, had to clear it to do the work that you're doing had now. to clear it because I was having major, major, um, you know, pushing it away. Absolutely. I remember having a, a, one of the most beautiful ones I've ever had was I went in with the intention of, I wanted to see a a past life with my husband and my husband is a, a really, just a really beautiful man, really quiet. He's quite the opposite of me. Um, I am like the loud and social and he's got this really cool, sweet, calm vibe to him. And so I went into that life and immediately what happens in a lot of my lives is that I, I just end up I'm just emotionally a forward. So what happens is I'll have the emotion first before I can see anything. So I went right into the life, just hysterical crying. I had no idea why everything was dark around me. And when I saw where I was, I realized I was at a tombstone and I was crying at a tombstone. And then I had, I had somebody actually doing this on me. And so I had them rewind me. They had uh, rewound me back to five years old and kind of went through the life as this Italian girl, um, really beautiful, quiet, voluptuous uh, Italian girl, very close to my family. I ended up as a teenager meeting this man in the town square. It felt like Rome or something. And he was gambling or rolling some dice. And there's I don't know, chickens everywhere. He was in a wife beater and (laughs) he, he was, we kind of got together and my family disowned me for being with him, but we had this really beautiful, deep love. And 
I cared for him. He was out late. He would be out drinking and gambling and this and that, but he loved me and he was loyal to me and I cooked for him and I was just this beautiful, uh, we had this, this, just this really deep, profound love. And then eventually he got sick and was ill and I just stayed by his side and tended to him. And at the end of his life, he looked at me and said, I was caring for him and feeding him some kind of soup. And he looked at me in the eyes and said, next time I will cook for you. And which made me, of course, I was hysterical crying the entire time because my husband cooks for me this whole life. I try so hard to learn to cook and I, and he's this beautiful, beautiful chef for me here. And, and so it ended up just being like this beautiful little ironic story of, yeah, like a link to your current life. Like, you know, stuff like that, just, if you experience it, you'll see that it sounds to people like, oh, this is such a made up thing or whatever. And you know, it it could be, maybe it is, you know, I mean, maybe it is, but I've had over a hundred experiences with this kind of stuff. And I just wouldn't have been fast enough to make that up or to cry with not knowing what I was crying at or where I was yet. You know what I mean? Or, you know, there's just something to it that it would almost be too hard to make up. I get it. It would be too hard to make up. And to be honest, my life is so completely, uh, it's, it's, I'm just not the same Lisa. So there from this work. So even if it was made up, I really, it just doesn't bother me. Who cares? I mean, it, it's serving some kind of, um, it's a beautiful vessel for changing and, and transforming back into the authentic you. So I'm really, I'm okay with it being real or not real, basically at this point. <laughs> oh, do you see like the past life regression is almost like you're saying, coming back to your authentic self is, do you see it as a mechanism to help pull some of those false layers off of us? I do. I do. I believe it's an absolute reun- re- reuniting of your true selves. And, and, and really what it is, is, is doing this kind of work. Again, you have to be in your, pa- in your higher self to do this work. You have to be in your higher self when you're working with inner children. So any parts of your past of this life and any past life presences, you have to be in your, pre- your higher self because you're, you are the one facilitating showing this past aspect, right? Where there was a, a false perception in place. So you, so, when, so the people are showing them where they're, they think that they're not safe for some reason. So if you were to talk to your five-year-old self, mm-hmm. there's something that maybe have, have kind of broken off at that time, a little fear of like the world is scary or something happens at that time where you kind of lock in this the rest of the world is not, is not, it's not safe to live here or it's not whatever. So what has to happen for you to go back to talk to these aspects or for, of course, a past aspect of me that's been burned at the stake, I had to go back and talk to her. I have to be in my higher self and show her what I do in this process is go back and have this conversation with them. Not only do I let them, you know, I go through the, the um, story of what happened with them or what their belief is. And then I, I show them from my higher self, look how it is. I'm showing you a mirror of my life right now. So you cannot jump in me and drive this car, this body, right? The higher self, I am in charge and I am going to mother you, but you are allowed to come in and you're allowed to be a part of me. You're allowed to reunite back home and I will always keep you safe. You can always, you know, you will always be okay with me. And then what happens is when you're pulling these past selves and you're pulling these um, child selves, the inner child selves back to you, what happens is you actually also get the reuniting of what their gifts were. So if you were a gifted healer in another life, but you've kind of pushed it away because you're scared because something happened in that life or you were hurt or you were, so you're pushing away that healer aspect of yourself. What happens is if you pull that aspect in and you reunite that aspect back in, well, now you're coming out of this past life regression with this work with actually new gifts and abilities. Right. So, 
you see what I'm saying? Yeah, so, and a new level of confidence, I can exactly. imagine. Exactly, so that five-year-old self that knew, like I'm sure you've had, you know, these moments of being a child where you knew who you were, you know, at certain points. You really, you knew what you desired. There was this authentic, you know, kind of imagination going on and this, this beauty, this be- ability to play and care for yourself and love for yourself and, you know, all of that returns. Yeah. So you're bringing that back to you. Instead of pushing it away, you're actually bringing it back. I, I hear you, Lisa. I yeah. think about even my, my childhood. And uh, if you listen to my episode back at the start of my story, when, when I start really going back and considering how I got to where I was today, you know, as a early teen, as like a 10, 11 year old, I was such an idealist and such a dreamer and really did believe in, in human um, the human heart, if you like. Absolutely. And um, it makes me laugh because then from about 15 years after that, I shut that part of me down completely. And it took me remembering and going back to my childhood to really recognize I've always been a dreamer. I've always been an idealist. I've always been the girl that wanted to change the world or make it a little bit better in some way. I just forgot it was possible. And hence the reason I'm here doing the work I do today. It comes from that side of me, that side of belief in humanity that I had as a child. Exactly. And you know, what's so beautiful to add on to that is that during these times, so if you look at time as a construct, like something that we kind of made up and everything is really already aligned at the same time. So everything's existing at once. Your higher self was actually there for your past lives. Your higher self was actually there. You know, that higher aspect of your soul was already there for all of the past lives for your whole childhood. So when we can tap back into our, our higher selves more often in using these practical practices, these rituals, these therapies to tap into our higher self more often, we can actually get the higher self perspective and to show that inner child or the past life aspect to show them, Hey, I was there as well. And let me show you this perspective of how really what you were doing by going through that, you are safe, you're still alive. And look, look who are you? We are now. Let's yeah. join together look as a at team. Your soul growth. Let's work together. You've actually helped me to be who I am right now, you know? Yeah. So, so interesting. And also, by the way, another little story, just to just to throw some other interesting things, because so many things happen that are different for everybody with this kind of work. So this I'm is sure really, it must be fascinating yeah. taking people through regression. Oh, it's so it's such a privilege to do this job. It's such an honor. Um, it, it really is. I feel so blessed that this is my 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 career and my life. And and but at one point I did this. I was having trouble regression very early on. And my teacher had asked if, um, if I had actually had any issues when my mother was pregnant with me and I didn't understand that question. Like, what, what do you mean? Like what? Yeah. Well, it seems like when sometimes when people have a little bit of an issue regressing that there's something that happened during birth. So she did a regression to take me into, you know, my mother's pregnancy. And so I was, I was pregnant, ended up having this really wild story, which is true where she took me through it, I was almost convulsing in fear, just not scared in my body. So I don't want to make people feel like they were like, it's a very scary thing to do. There's never any fear really with this past life regression, only excitement. But my body had this weird reaction of before going in at this, um, just sort of the shaking in this thing, what I was saying with my mouth, this is really we I don't know what's exactly happening, went into the regression. Um, ended up feeling this consciousness of being inside my mother's body with this really interesting union with her. And my father at that time was, they were out at this uh, party and this uh, gang of, of men came by and he was outside and ended up getting stabbed 20 times, something oh, ridiculous. My Lord. And he was in, and she must've just had this huge, enormous adrenaline rush and this, um, the trauma you know, that she went through. The trauma you she felt already, it. She was so young and already had two little boys. And I was, you know, I was, you know, about to be born a month later and she must've been thinking she was losing her husband and this and that. Anyway, after that clearing and after that experience, I came out of that and the very next day, and this has happened ever since, so this was about eight years ago, and then ever since, I 
um, ever since from that time, Mm. I've had this interdimensional, um, vision sort of thing where right after that, it was like, I could see orbs floating all over children and animals and things. And then also these kind of, uh, spirits I can see as they're materializing and floating around. It looks like a waterfall a lot of the time in the air. Um, so I, yeah, so all yeah, after so this, doing that kind of uh, clearing, one, if you like, one, with you. One time, yeah. one time of going back to that opened up an, an actual floodgate, psychic gift. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that was really must have been blocking you in some way. Yeah. So all of us kind of have all of these little, you know, blocks that right. that are ready, that we're chipping at them all the time. But this work really is one of those avenues to really take an enormous chunk out of, of the way. Going yeah. back to your mother's pregnancy, Lisa, was your yeah. father okay? He was totally fine. Oh, and I went to them afterwards and said, you know, I mean, I knew we, we had a lot of kind of more of that stuff kind of going on in, in, mm-hmm. you know, in that kind of time. But yeah, he was totally fine. And that was, you know, they said, yeah, that was, you know, so that, you didn't that, know the story before you went to I, I feel like I remember something being described to me before or something like I remember, it was almost like having a vague memory of it mm. afterwards. And then I had to go back to them for confirmation. I right. was like, I know this sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, this sounds a little strange, parents. This but... sounds a little weird. But when I was in past life regression school <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> I'm sure that's a really entertaining conversation. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Lisa, yeah. I'm going to ask you a few little questions yeah. that I ask everyone right now. Okay. Okay. So um, this is going to take, a, uh, take us away from more of your current life than your past life. But all right, we'll see. Okay. This, this can be fun. Are you a morning person or a night person? A hundred percent night person. Oh, so am I. So am it I. Yeah, the reason uh, none of you can see, but uh, Lisa and I are recording this in the early afternoon because I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm awake now. Uh, what is currently sitting on your nightstand? Oh, sitting on my nightstand. So I have, um, oh, I have a deck of goddess cards and a candle. Oh, very yeah. cool. Yes. Do you yes. light the candle? Is it what is I don't it a have it, I one? don't actually have it lit, but I do have an altar in my room lit right now, but not not next to my not bedside. right next to your bed. Yeah. What do you keep on your altar? Oh gosh, what do I not keep on my <laughs> altar? I love my altar. Um right now I keep uh, a whole bunch of dragon's blood oil that I spray around. I do a lot of yoga with my family, so I have a whole space that I have the all the kids the kids in and my husband and um a statue. Um I've got beautiful um crystals and salt rocks and citrine crystals up there lots of candles, sage. I'm always burning sage. Yeah. Whole bunch of beautiful, beautiful things. And then I change it out all the time as you well. Do. What does the <laughs> yeah. citrine crystal bring? Into citrine a- is for prosperity. Right. Very cool. Yeah. So it's more of that abundance kind of pulling in the energy of that uh, prosperous and thriving um, stone would be a great one for your podcast. I was going to say, so there you yeah. go, people. Go and get yourself a citrine. Exactly, exactly. I, I don't have one. Yeah. Your, your favorite, <laughs> I might need to get one, your favorite self-care activity, Lisa? Oh, okay. So I've got, I I do, I make a, a very conscious effort to do self-care activities and rituals every single day. I'd have to say the most important for me is like a kundalini practice in the morning, breathing and meditation every morning, because I'm just, I'm cuckoo without it. I really am just loony without it. I can't. <laughs> I love your like, honesty. Cause I think I if really more of us am, were being. I, just, I micromanage. Yeah. I like become a little bit more. I can't, I just, my control issue is just all over the place. I have to tap in and it center. really makes me feel most like Lisa. So I would have to say that that is really the most important yeah. I, I don't know if you saw, but my last guest on the podcast, who you will be following, was Guru Jagat, and we were talking all about Kundalini. So that's I very, love, very yeah. much the the topic I at the moment on the podcast. It. I love her. Oh, yeah. she's darling, isn't she? It was such a joy to speak with her. Dress. Oh, yes, yeah, such yeah. amazing energy. All right. So, your favorite book? Do you have one? 
I do. Um, my favorite book is Autobiography of a Yogi. Oh, I yeah. am reading that at the moment. I'm you three are? quarters of the way through. Oh, oh my gosh, my what gosh. a magical book. People go and buy this book. That's exactly oh. why. I mean, that was, I, and I am a yogi. I am a, actually a trained yogi. I'm not teaching right now. But I am, uh, that book, even without being a yogi, it's, it's a very important book to read. And I, I highly recommend it for people because it truly brings back the magic of, yeah. uh, like I was saying about the fairy tales of like most people in our society just, they tell you it's not, it's not possible. It, you're going to have to work really hard to get to this kind of thing. You have to do all these things to, you know, be, you know, in your higher self, you know, it feels so unattainable all the time, but that's a kind, this is a kind of book that shows you we are magical beings. We truly are soul. We are not all human where we are just limited all the time. We, there is so much unlimitless parts of us that we really can tap into. And that book is tapping into it constantly. Oh, the, the book is oh. just, I feel like it's just really broadening my perspective and opening my eyes. Just like you're saying, Lisa, it's, it's a and great he is read. Just, and he, that energy, Paramahansa Yogananda is and was and and continues to be because he is who he is alive and well. That energy is just the the most kind and compassionate and loving energy. And I feel like even reading it, you feel loved. Oh, you know? I would agree. I, honestly, yeah. I've been picking up that book. And every time I pick it up, I feel a sense of relief just yes. reading his words. Oh, they I'm are so, so grounding. So yes, yeah. all people go go and buy that book. It was the yes. only book that Steve Jobs ever had on his iPad. You know, that's what got me to read it. Kidding no kidding. And Steve Jobs had it handed out to everyone who came to his memorial service. Stop it. That no is unbelievable. I know. I know. That's why I read it. And oh, I was like, wow, amazing. this is mind blowing. This was the book Steve Jobs had on his iPad. The oh, only course, book. Uh, yeah. A Course of Miracles is also a beautiful one. If people would like to start exploring some really deep, more of like a, I think they take more of a Christian spin, although it's not really like, get doesn't get too Jesus-y, but it gets really, you know, beautiful um, lessons of love and consciousness. But yeah, those two, I think are really, are, are key. Yeah. Uh, so on your page, clearly this month. All yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> do you have a favorite wrong turn in life? Or I, I don't even think, I don't really think we make wrong turns, but a favorite mistake or something you look back at and think, yeah, I get why that happened now. You know, I have one favorite mistake. I'm just now, it's so funny. I'm like, wow, you know what? I can actually get to a point where I really can even say that, like, I realize how much of a mistake it was and how amazing it was to have it. This is one of those, like, embracing the darkness is at one point when, when I was going through all of that really difficult body stuff and I was really not in a great place and I was, um, I feel like I was just in a really dark and, and couldn't see, like in a concrete hole. I found this, um, uh, this practice, this, and I won't tell you the name because that way I'm not feel like I'm talking bad about it, but I found this practice that ended up really feeling like at the time I was really pulled to it and I was really drawn to it. And I was into the kind of stuff they were doing. Cause I was really trying to find some light, you know, I really needed some light. But they ended up being sort of, um, not towards me, but they ended up being a little bit of this kind of uh, weird, murky energy that that kind of had a, a different sort of spin to it. It wasn't really a healthy spin. And my husband picked it up. And at that time, we really had a very difficult time in our marriage. And we were really at each other's throats. But what happened was during that time is that it made us kind of drop everything and move. And when we moved, we were in Denver at the time in Colorado. And when we moved, it ended up being the most, again, that started that it was right after I had my daughter. And she was, I think, one years old when we, when we moved. But that, that um, really big, beautiful, like, um, actually at the time it felt not so beautiful. Yeah. It was, it was one of those like, um, avalanches where you're like selling everything you have and you're moving, yeah. you're trying to start over so painful. You have these two little children and, Ugh. and you're trying to find what's right. And what ended up happening was this beautiful kind of reunion of my husband and I of finding each other again, but it really took a lot of 
you know, took that, that kind of falling into this, following this one sort of energy, this group, you know, of this, mm-hmm. uh, consciousness group, you know what I mean? Yeah. To do so that. it took the, the path that really wasn't right for you to find your way back yeah. to what was right for that, you. That's which why was your I husband. understand why people might get a little bit nervous, by the way, about when people do get a little apprehension about stuff like past life regression or things like that is because there are groups out of there that are doing things that sometimes really don't align oh, with. I agree. Oh, you know I, mean? right, I agree. Doing. And so, and, and so what has to happen is, and I always let people know this is I would never force anybody to do anything that they're not willing to do. But the most important thing to do is to exercise the muscle of intuition because it's such a light feather touch and people right now, they, they, they really are, are using the ego or the mind to make all of their decisions on what's more rational, what makes more sense, or what seems weird or doesn't seem weird. But the truth is, is that what we want to do is start to do those meditational practices, maybe a little bit of breathing, a little calming down to exercise that muscle of intuition so that we can see what are the right paths for us, what are the right practices for us, what feels good, what is going to lead me to my truth. Where do I still feel I have control? You know, what are you drawn to? And, you know, that nervousness is totally fine. Nervousness is usually excitement. But, you know, in those other practices for those other things, really just using the intuition on on if this is going to serve you or not. Oh, I agree. I mean, yeah. I, I always say, and I, I hope my listeners get that feel, but we are our own best experts. And I Absolutely. think that we need to start trusting ourselves more. And, and I... Yeah wholeheartedly believe in the spiritual practices that reconnect us with ourselves, the ones we're leading, we're guiding, rather than someone, you know, forcing their ideas onto us or telling us what's happening. Or I I think we should always be in the driving seat because I've had some of those experiences that you're talking about too, Lisa, just not felt right at a soul level. And you need to honor that and listen to yourself if you're feeling that for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. to let that go as well. And to be able to say, stand up and rise when you rise above that practice and be able to say, Nope, this isn't for me. I'm able to walk away from this. You know, that's, that's a beautiful thing too. So sometimes we jump into those because we have to rise up to get out. Yeah. We need to, it's part of our journey regardless of. So it's kind of embracing the darkness. It's Mm -hmm. not having that like really scary thing. Like, well, what if I accidentally get into it? Every single part of our life even the darkness, in fact, a lot of the darkness is divine. Mm-hmm. It is part of the fairy tale. Everything is divinely orchestrated down to the tiniest little thing. And, and, and I, I really do believe our lives are, our lives are really that intricate and beautiful. And they have that much of a purpose that every little, you know, road that we travel on will take us to more light you know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Lisa, what is one thing in your day you can't do without? Oh, one. Oh, um, <laughs> I, I want to oh. say tea. <laughs> no, I, I, I have that as well. Peppermint tea. I, oh, I'm addicted. I'm like, does that sound too? Um, no, it's not it's corny. <laughs> simple, but really, no, it's my thing. It's kind of like my, my tune in and, and nurture myself part of my day. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the, this is a little bit more of a heavier one. How would you describe the soul? Oh, how would you describe the soul? So the soul to me is so many things, but I would rather put it in one word. I would say the word home. I just feel like it's it's home. Oh, that is so good. No matter so where good. we are, no matter if, if we are incarnated or if we are, I don't know, maybe we're incarnated on another planet. Maybe we're living different realms all the time. Maybe we are. I just feel like the soul is the one real thing. It's our one, it's our one true home that we can be wherever we, wherever we, at, at any point we can access that home and we can be home wherever we are. I'm going to remember that. I really yeah. like that description. Makes so much sense to me. 
<sighs> All right, going back a little bit more to your work now, Lisa. Okay, okay. The Modern Magdalene, you mentioned it earlier. This is the name of your business. So everybody, when you're looking up Lisa, you can find her at themodernmagdalene.com. I'm going to have that all at the end. But tell me about that reference and what does it mean to you, Lisa? Oh, my gosh. And isn't that just such a, like, oh, the Modern Magdalene? Um it's such a, it took me, I will tell you, it took me over a year to put that even up as my name because I was so uh, concerned about what people would think about that name. And what happened was Mary Magdalene, the presence Mary Magdalene, sort of was a presence for that was around for my whole lifetime. And I, she just crept in over decades and through a lot of very synchronistic events that happened in my life, she was always kind of, it was always the mention of her that was there. And what happened was over time, it really started evolving. Very weird and unexplained things. My father was Buddhist and Taoist. And so I had no like Christian background, but my mother would have loved Jesus randomly, had no religion herself, but then would sometimes take us to a non-denominational church and I remember just being so angry at the Bible, like this isn't the, what was said. And I would have these weird things that I would say that, you know, I think you and I are soul sisters, Lisa. I, think soul sisters. <laughs> I just would, I just would say things that were just, I was just angry at certain things. So I would push it away and I didn't want to talk about it, but I had these years where I started to become just really started, started to fall in love with her and was so fascinated with her. And I was reading about her. And the way that that happened was when I started, she came into my life again was, um, my teacher, my past life regression teacher, who I had no idea that she had written these best-selling books that were, uh, some of them were, um, regressing women of the Bible, women from the times of the Bible and so another book, The Lost Sisterhood, oh my gosh, please, if you can find it. Um, and she also wrote The Messengers, which is another regression book of, of kind of around this time. But it was basically, you know, she had all this experience with women of the Bible and the many Mary Magdalene's and, and how people were coming almost like her soul sort of maybe was fragments of her soul, like shattered throughout the world. Or I don't know if there was another way to explain it, but I sort of felt like she was everywhere, that there were so many women picking up this divine feminine, feminine aspect of her and that she was being revived in some way. So what happened was I was reading about her. She was my little secret that I kept all the time. And over time, I started to have these a few years ago, these really, um, sort of uncomfortable in the beginning dreams. My dreams have always my whole life been very powerful. And I was waking up like hysterical crying, like dreams that, that I was watching uh, Jesus or Yeshua's, you know, profile in the, in by candlelight. And I was just sitting there memorizing his face. Cause I knew I wouldn't be able to see his human face and like weird things like waking up like that. And eventually what happened was it started to uh, morph into not like passing the dream stuff and then moving into where I would start to write in my journal, which I always do. But then I would start to write these questions in my journal. And then there was these answers coming in and these beautiful answers to my questions that were not my writing. And I knew that somehow I was connecting or merging or being in the same vibration as her spirit or something. Mm -hmm. And then over time, you know, it kept evolving and I kept writing and writing and she was kind of, you know, pulling this together and what this new, you know, uh, while during surgery with my son and, you know, I was really a hundred percent there for him and no business at all. I wasn't doing any of this business. And she was sort of cultivating this new energy and she wrote to me, answered one of my questions and said, instead of answering the question, she said, go by themodernmagdalene.com right now. And I was like, what? You know, <laughs> someone's got to have that. You know, someone's got to have themodernmagdalene.com. Of course I went and nobody had that name. Nobody had the domain. Nobody had the names on Instagram. Nobody had the name on Facebook. Wow. Wow. Nobody had the name on Pinterest. And so 
I had it up there. Uh, I mean, I had it as like, here's what I'm going to do, but I never could actually put it up because I was so concerned about the judgment I would get. I still cared about that, you know, the judgment I would get from other people and people are going to think that I'm claiming to be Mary Magdalene and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, the point is, is that I sort of feel like she almost gave me this as it was almost like a, in a little education of sorts of like kind of making me buy this name to stand behind it and not care about the judgment of like, you know, it's, it is what it is, but really what happened to the work, Lisa. Yeah. Really what this is, is, is she is my muse and she really is. I channel her, um, when I need to tap into, um, working with people and I, I feel like I can merge with her energy in a session and, um, I want to revive that, that standing and the power in that kind of a, um, a very, feminine, but peaceful and like almighty energy. There's a holiness to that vibe, you know, that she extends out Mm. and, um, it's so all encompassing and it's so loving and devoted. It's so, so much devotion to, um, you know, some would say God, but I would say more of like the light within ourself and the light within everyone else. And I, I love that connection that she brings and I want to bring that forth. So yeah, she's, she's just pretty much the muse. I love that. The muse for those listeners who may be not familiar at all with the Bible. Can you just give us a little rundown of who Mary Magdalene was in history? Mary Magdalene. So it's interesting because in Mary Magdalene in biblical times, really and through Christianity, which she was actually Jesus's, they, they claimed that she was a disciple, that she was a prostitute. So she mm. was t- said to be a prostitute or, you know, and then Jesus. I just, I just laugh at that. It just makes oh, me my giggle. Gosh. <laughs> you know, what's funny is that I remember the first um, uh, memory I have of really my introduction to her is my mother was watching this movie at one point, randomly in the day, watching Jesus of Nazareth. And I saw this woman wearing all black and crying at his feet in front of all the people in this, you know, in the whole town square. And here I am watching this woman. He's just, oh, so sweet. And she's just sobbing. And I said to my mom, who is this? Who is this woman? Who is this woman in the, in this thing? And I'm just walking by. And she said, oh, that's Mary Magdalene. She was a prostitute. And I just felt this overwhelming, like, need to vomit. Like it was disgusting. That feeling of she was not a prostitute. This is how how history has got it. You know, this is how history has recorded her. The only woman, there's no women like that right in the Bible. But, and so she just ended up following him and then she ended up, you know, being his, uh, devoted disciple, and also he came to her when he was resurrected. So it just didn't add up that it he was like up, because this close with the with the uh, thing. <laughs> with the prostitute. But I'm not sure if you know this. A lot of people came to me who are close to me. Came to me this spring, actually, a year ago. The Vatican actually pulled that depiction of her. Now they also were no, very hush hush about know it. That. Yep, Vatican has pulled it, and they came out and said. So look it up, and everyone who's listening. The Vatican has come back. I feel for some reason, I feel this like justification with this, but the the Vatican has come out and said there was no part of the Bible that should have said we should not have given the depiction, you know, in this religion saying that she was a prostitute. There was no actual evidence that she was a prostitute. And we are actually naming her the first apostle. Wow. I do know that many, many books and many other perspectives on Mary Magdalene, lots of people who are very, very interested in her. She is a very mysterious um, presence, but supposedly she also was Jesus's, you know, wife or lover and, you know, maybe bore a child. I mean, these are all questions that we really can't probably get to the bottom of, but it really doesn't matter. It's sort of like something that it's, again, it's an intuition thing. What do you what do you yeah. take? What does it mean to you? Yeah. Oh, I think that and talking about the Pope, this is completely off topic, but yeah. Pope Francis uh, recently with all of the drama going on with our oh, politicians yeah. and the uh, the 
the system in America at the moment. I see Pope Francis has come out and made some pretty strong statements, which uh, yeah. I posted on my Facebook this week. He's a he's a very forward thinking pope. He really is, and he is he is tuned into something, and he is not scared to say it. And I think it's it's beautiful. I it's think really he is very much a, a living manifestation of that divinity, which is so we're so ready for that. Oh, we are so ready oh. for that. Yes, we really, and especially in this country right now over here, we could use a little. Oh, yeah. So he's praying for his influence. Wrapping up, Lisa, are there any tips or tricks or like simple little exercises that you could perhaps leave leave us with that might help us connect with that soulful version of ourselves? It's a lifestyle. So the the, what I would say is is to really have people to t- tune into this stuff is to start to make this as much as a, as a, um, into your daily life as possible. Mm. So not when you go to yoga class, but when you are in the middle of life, like actual life, you're driving a, ca- a car and you're frustrated in traffic. When you're frustrated in traffic and you start to react, anytime you start to just spew out something or be, go into a victimhood, like I'm, I never get to blah, 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 just do what mm-hmm. I love. There, there's not enough time. Or whenever you do that and you just react and you say something out of your mouth, I would invite you to stop for a moment and ask who just said that? Mm-hmm. Who is this? What you will notice is that when you pull out, okay, basically what you're doing is kind of like when I hemorrhaged and instead of hemorrhaging, we're going to try to do this stuff without hemorrhaging. (laughs) (laughs) Bonus. What you do is you pull out and you're sort of dwindling outside. And what that does is it helps you to ascend in that moment and get into the higher self. And when the higher self asks, who is this? that person, that past aspect of you will show up. So whether that's a past life aspect, some people are tuned in enough that they can, like a past life aspect can come in. Other people, that's not their ability yet. And they can have to come to me or something or someone who can, you know, introduce them to their past life aspects. But usually you'll have an inner child or somebody, somebody will show up. Some aspect of yourself will say something like, you know, I just don't think it's fair because I didn't ever have time. And you'll Mm. notice that like, maybe they were rushed during homework and maybe that was their most imaginative time of the day and they were forced to do something else or blah, 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 blah. So instead what you'll do is you'll start having a conversation in traffic with that little being. And you'll say, Hey, you know what? I think it's totally unfair. You're right. When you were imagining that time and that was like that part of your day that you really loved and you were forced to do something else, I bet that did feel really unfair. I'm acknowledging that for you. But can I tell you right now that right now you are safe and you can imagine all day long. Your five-year-old self can imagine all day long or your eight-year-old self or your 12-year-old self or whatever, whoever that aspect is. And I am going to let you do that with me. So tell me what it is that you, you know, that you felt like was unfair. Talk to me about it and I'll start to help you do it. You know, pretending that you're that mother, that feminine, divine feminine force for that aspect. And if you can start doing this in your life at your job, sitting at your desk, close your eyes for a minute and ask, who was that? It's another aspect of you. And so what we're trying to do is sort of pull away to be able to ascend, to be able to get in that higher self, to be able to start that ability of having the conversation, start that ritual of having the conversation. It's a very, very beautiful and peaceful evolution and transformation. So that would be my tip. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I've been on that journey. So I hear you. And it really does make a difference when you can kind of stand back and question your own thoughts. Oh, my, my. Makes a huge difference. Lisa, for the month of February, you've got an amazing special going, right? Yes, yes. So you're going to tell the listeners a little bit about what you're offering for the month of February. Yeah, what I wanted to do is because I'm really beginning to really open up the business and really begin to make this a lifestyle. I want to start doing a lot of different things and including a lot of different things. But the the basis of this work truly is in the therapies, in those inner child work and those 
those past life sort of recognition, which is the, kind of the first step in, in these processes. So I'm, I'm opening up phone and Skype sessions. I have a lot of people who I work with in different countries. So these phone and Skype sessions, we can do past life or inner child for $99 um, for the whole month of February, just for people who, so they can really just you know, open up and go, is this something that's going to work for me? Let me, you know, let me play with this if I'm feeling drawn to it. Yeah, that's going to be a beautiful offer. And I think it's one of those offers that if if people are interested, and there's a little part of them that's just inquisitive, it feels not too scary to take the leap and try it out. And also, by the way, the 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 past life, if it feels for some people like it's too much to start with, I would absolutely do an inner child session, maybe try that beforehand, because what happens with that is it's the same exact thing. You're basically, you're not being hypnotized, but you're being taken to that realm, that space where you really feel like you are in an ethereal realm. You're in this fairy tale realm, and you will always be safe. You would never take yourself into with past life regression or any kind of this work, you would never take yourself somewhere where you couldn't handle. There doesn't need to be any fear associated with it. You always go to where you're needed and what's needed to, to emerge. It's a very holy work, you know, not, not religious, but it's a very sacred and holy kind of a work. And there's really nothing to fear with it. So I would, yeah, I would invite you to think about if that is something that would, you know, that's maybe your next step to, to opening up to the next level of consciousness. Very cool, Lisa. Wow, I know that was a little longer than usual, but I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it made you think more about past life regression and what that means and perhaps even the possibility that you may have been here before. If you'd like to track Lisa down, you can find her at themodernmagdalene.com. You can also find her on Instagram and Facebook at themodernmagdalene. Nice and simple. You will have heard in the podcast that for the month of February 2017, she is offering $99 sessions. That's for her past life work as well as that inner child work. She also has over on her website a free meditation regression CD called The Art of Embodiment. And if you sign up for her mailing list, she will flick that back to you. It's been another fun week on the podcast and I will be back with you again next Friday. Take care, Thrivers. Thrivers.